the Section K Podcast. It's Tuesday, April 30th. On today's show, we sit down with million dollar cutting horse trainer and most recently cow horse champion Spud Sheehan. This episode is brought to you by Brazos Valley Stallion Station. The roster of stallions at Brazos Valley Stallion Station located in Stephenville, Texas is shaping the performance horse world with its unique stallions representing the cutting, cow horse, roping, and barrel racing industries. The skill and experience of the entire staff in the one-of-a-kind facility provide a vital center to ensure your breeding success. Dual Smart Ray is one of many great stallions standing at BVSS. Lifetime earnings of 330436 His offspring had a great 2019 NCHA Super Stakes. Five- and six-year-old champion Rolls-Royce, four-year-old Open champion Hiss and Vinegar, five-six non-pro champion Carolina Rain, four-year-old non-pro co-champion, Super Trooper. For a complete listing of stallions and more information, visit BrazosValleyStallionStation.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome a man to the show that has excess earnings of $1.2 million on the back of a cutting horse. He burst on scene at the 2009 NCHA Futurity, winning the limited open aboard JoJo Boone. He is the head trainer at the Beach Fork Ranch in Weatherford, Texas. This man has now also taken his talents to the Cowhorse Arena, where he just won the 2019 SRCHA Wild Rag Classics Battle in the Saddle. Without further ado, Mr. Jeffrey Spud Sheehan. Spudo, what's up, mate? How are you? I'm good, guys. How's it going? Thanks for coming over to Tierra Santa, long drive from the Beach Fork. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool to be here, actually. Yeah, tell us a little bit about what you've been up to here recently over at the Wild Rag. Took the championship aboard Mr. Shiny Lights, owned by Sherry Jamison and trained by Chris Dawson. Marked 576.5 points total. Uh, talk a little bit about the herd work, raining, going down the fence. Yeah, so uh, that horse, I uh, probably roped four steers on him, and that's all that I rode him. Uh, Chris schooled him, done everything. I'd never worked him on a cow. You never went down the fence with him before? No, no. It was just kind of felt me way through it, you know. And But he's a really good horse. Like, Did like, you practice at home any? Before yeah, then? so like I showed two horses in the Derby, and uh, I didn't do any good on them. But uh, yeah, so I'd kind of, you know, I'd practice, you know, raining and and going. Well, I hadn't gone down the fence at all on them because it had been raining, you know. But uh, I just kind of jacked around with, you know, stopping them and spinning them and loping them and stuff. But so I was kind of practiced a little bit, just not on him, but. You know, like, getting on a horse like that, he, he just kind of took care of you, you know. You could feel him, and, you know, as soon as I roped on him, I was like, man, this is a nice horse, you know. So that's kind of interesting to hear you say that. That's kind of how my thought process was through the super stakes, staying off my show horses, kind of having a practice horse, and just kind of feeling it in the show pen. So it's kind of interesting to hear someone like you stay off a horse like that and just go show it. So um what about going down the fence i know you won the herd work and the fence work what do you remember about the cow yeah um in the fence work i need to kind of get to know the rules a lot better before the world's greatest to be honest um he was he was really good down the fence but when i come off my second turn uh you know 
I didn't know that I kind of switched sides and I should have stayed on the same side I was on and and I would have circled a lot better and you know which come you know February that's going to matter a lot you know um shit so yeah that was good and in the karting um first cow was was just okay second cow was really good and the third cow um I just cut a lot of shape to be honest there were steers and they were kind of gentle and and I knew I was good so I just kind of had to finish up and you know I, I really didn't know that horse and I didn't want to push it and you know so I just kind of felt my way through it you know yeah Spud's win over at the Wild Rag this weekend qualified him for the world's greatest horseman competition that takes place every year in February in Fort Worth so be looking for Spudo in that uh, Spud what was it like cutting in Fort Worth again right after the super stakes and being able to rain them and stuff like how different was that yeah no uh I tell you what, it was a lot better with the schedule like it was for the Super Stakes than what it's going to be like for the Derby to do that because, like, you know, once I got done with the Open, you know, I had Madison and then, you know, I had time to to do some of that stuff, you know. Um, And there was a lot of people probably seeing me in there. I was in the way a lot probably, you know, running them horses around and stopping them and just sort of that sort of stuff, you know. But it was pretty cool because you left... uh, I think we finished Saturday and uh, moved everything out of the tax stall, home Sunday, moved back in there Monday, ready to go again, just across the street. So Chris Dawson trained this horse. Has he had some success in the cow horse on him? Nicholas Bartholomew was the guy that actually trained it. It's a CD Lights out of Little Miss Shiny Checks. And he uh, he won the limited open on him at the Futurity. They said he was like wicked good and um and then chris has him and uh so yeah he's he's done good on him and you know why did chris have you show him or or how did you get to get the chance to show this horse well so it was kind of lucky really um cj murphy he asked me at the world's greatest or something um he's like hey because they they wanted to do i was gonna do it last year but it was on top of the bi and i couldn't I wasn't going to, you know, not go to the BI. And so I was like, he said, hey, we we moved the dates. Were you showing it this year? I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure. I was like, do you have to find me a horse or do I find one? He's like, you find one. So I called Chris. I'm like, hey, you know, have you got anything? He's like, yeah, I'll see. Well, uh, Chris told me that Ryan Motes was actually going to show this horse if he decided to, to do it, which like ryan he's doing really good this year so lucky for me i got to show him you know that's pretty sweet yeah no we've been wanting to get you on the section k podcast for a while now (laughs) and it just so happened that you won this battle in the saddle deal qualified for the world's greatest i think that world's greatest deal is fun we talked about it kind of in our first few episodes it's loud in there i know you were talking about being there earlier this year you got to be excited to show at the world's greatest aren't you yeah no i'm pumped about it it'll be cool you yeah. know i mean anything that you do when you get out of your comfort zone is cool you know what i mean like it's you know we cut all the time but i mean like to me there's nothing more exciting than the futurity finals you know but it's the same it's going to be the same sort of thing just a a different deal you yeah, know just four yeah. different events and yeah exactly one bridle yeah one bridle, yeah, one bridle one that's horse, right i didn't yeah. even know that 
that it was one bridal till this year and they take pictures, I guess, as you come out after ever. I didn't realize that they did that. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Spud, what is your nerves like compared to showing a cutting horse and, and then going in this event here? What was your nerves like? I'd probably showed in like maybe three times in the cow horse deal. First time I showed, I screwed up the rain and pattern. So then I was like, okay, that's done with. So then the next time, you know, when you go down the fence, you, your adrenaline's going to get to going, but it's it's just learning to keep it, all that under control. And, and no different than when you cut, you know. It's it's like like let that run build, not, not try and force it, you know what I mean? As much as it looks like that when you go down the fence, but it's, it's, it's the same as when you're cutting really, you know. Yep. Would so, you say you get more nervous during the raining because that's something that you're not as familiar with? Yeah, until I started writing the pattern on my hand. <laughs> and then once I do that, now I'm good. But no, definitely, just because, like, you know, like I said, it's it's totally out of your comfort zone, you yep. know? Like, when you go in that arena and you're by yourself and you're like, and, and it, you've got so much time to think, that's the thing is like that's where you screw up because like in ours you know it's split seconds you know what i mean like reaction based exactly it's all muscle memory you know and you know like you one second like you can feel a cow and like nope nope oh there it is you know but in that you've got like it seems like five minutes to like make a decision you better make the right one you know because everybody's watching because you're the only one in there exactly (laughs) well that is what's crazy is there's no other cattle there's no people turning back for you there's no judges stand in the arena. There's no lopers in the back. It's just you and a cow getting after it. So, yeah, like I said, we've been wanting to get you over here to get on the on the podcast for a while. So kind of shifting our chat to more general topics. How did you start cutting? So uh, <clears throat> when I was a kid, um, I grew up in Australia, you know, and I always kind of jacked around. I'd start colts and stuff like that. You know, I always kind of entrepreneur, wanted to make money and school holidays and stuff like that. So, uh, and then um, I kind of got to know Graham Amos, and uh, I was just a camp drafting kid, which is a sport we do in Australia. You know, it's kind of it's kind of like going down the fence a little bit, except you got to kind of take a cow and do a figure of eight and stuff like that with it but anyways so i went up to see graham amos and uh kind of stayed helped him in the holidays and stuff like that stayed there for like three weeks four weeks or something and then uh he asked me to come back and help him for the futurity so i mean i went up there and helped him for the futurity and you know kind of met a lot of people there at that and then uh and then i finished school and I was like, man, I, I don't know what I want to do, you know. I was like, I don't want to keep going to school. So I was like, well, I come o- wanted to come over here. So, And he was already over here, so I called him and to see if he could get me a job. And he was actually working for Paul Crumpler in Wichita Falls. And he's like, yeah, let me talk to him. So he talked to him and he said, yeah, get him over here. So I come over here and... And honestly, were you eight, 18 at the time? No, I was like 16. So yeah, I was just a young kid. I mean, come here, I think I knew like three or four people in the USA. So I come here and and uh, got up there. I, I actually honestly wanted to kind of rodeo is what I kind of wanted to do was, you know, ride Bronx and um, 
I was just kind of going to do this for, you know, a bit of money and then do that. Well, when I come here and I went to the Super Stakes and I was like, man, that's cool. And just never left. Easy to do. America, right? So then you've lived back here since you were 16, basically? Nah, I mean, yeah, there's times when I had to go back and get my paperwork and all that and stuff. And so, you know, there's sometimes I'd be stuck over there for like, six months you know trying to get everything right stuff so yeah doing things legal shout out spud for doing the right thing way to go (laughs) so yeah you've been over here recently dominating the cutting doing well and i mean chromed out cat tons of great horses candy cat tin blade call me katniss just to name a few What, what would you say is your favorite cutting memory uh, for sh- uh, I mean, favorite win is is um, you know Vegas and the Macuria. Yeah, yeah, lots of fireball. First out, yeah, <laughs> two thirty, wasn't it? Two twenty nine. I think. Yeah. How long were you on that first cow? Uh, I don't know, but it, it was, was like a long fifty time. seconds. Yeah, I think. it was, it was forever. Time. And then you didn't spend a whole lot of time and cut your other one for like yeah. thirty eight or forty. I think yeah, I remember some, watching yeah. it. It was an awesome run because it was one of those things where. It, all that was forced on you. I felt like, yeah, because you couldn't get off that cow until the fi- until it finally gave you a spot on that first cow, and then, yeah, and then she was phenomenal. Yeah, no, she was good. Had another big run at the either the Ike or the Cotton Stakes one year, I think. Yeah, um, five six open probably. Yep. Yeah, that's another just big run that I remember that I loved. What's your favorite memory helping or spectating? Like favorite, just cutting. So probably spectating i would say when they did the champions of champions i mean that was unbelievable i thought will rogers you know um uh, and helping i don't know probably i'll tell you probably um when tj good was second at the futurity that year on stunned yeah and, and clay was first um but yeah that was that was cool um but yeah i mean any any time anyone has a win it's pretty cool when you help them you know or or like any any final at fort worth when you watch it and the cows are good it's it's good like tag when tag had chiquita pistol that was that was cool and maybe that was the first year that i was here that he had her so i kind of remember that one really good but i mean every maturity final or something you know them winning runs are always cool you know Speaking of fraternity finals and remembering runs and chromed out cat, do you remember your fraternity finals run on chromed out cat? Yeah. Because I do. No, I do. I do. That first cow, she was trying her butt off to just to hold that cow. Yeah. So she, like, was, no, she was one of the most phenomenal horses at, the, at a fraternity that I've seen in a long time, too. So, yeah, it's funny like you say that because I feel like that run in Vegas was the same cow. It just – went different ways well she was older and and kind of understood more and matured and and, you know i agree though but you know it's kind of like the same sort of cows same situation and i remember seeing that mare as a three-year-old in west texas and watching you work her and she was just phenomenal and i was just as a spectator and a fan i was excited to get to see you watch watch you show that horse and then the fraternity finals i was pretty pumped for you too and then the first cow was just a dirty rotten fast cow that Nobody could have held yeah. at all. Yeah. We briefly interrupt this interview with Spud Sheehan to bring you a brief message from our sponsor, EXP. EXP offers an all-natural, drug-free supplement 
built for the equine industry. They've built these products using cutting edge technology to deliver the highest quality product available to you and your horse. How do they know it is right for your horse? Because EXP was designed by horsemen and they understand what your horse needs. EXP relates to every aspect of your business, especially the health of your horse. EXP was designed by Hall of Fame trainer Matt Miller, who has won over $3.4 million in the cutting pen. Visit expequine.com and enter Section K at checkout to receive 10% off your next EXP order. That's promo code Section K to receive 10% off your next order at expequine.com. But what is some advice you would give other young kids wanting to come over here to train cutting horses or just come over here to work what what is something that you felt like was important uh on how getting you to where you are now so like um i mean if you want to do something and and like i tell them like you know if you want to do it like don't say that you want to do it like go and do it you know and 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 like go to someone really good and and learn and and you know put the effort in and you know, to me, the effort always pays out, you know. Here in America, who are some of the mentors that you, you had when you were younger? Oh, I mean, pretty much everybody. <laughs> so uh, I used to probably annoy them all. I mean, even if they didn't know my name, I'd just keep saying their name until they'd finally ask somebody who I was. And I think that's how <laughs> I met everybody, you know. So, uh, I mean, there's... You know, they're all great. I, I mean, every one of them guys that cut, they're, I mean, they're all so good, you know. I mean, you go through the list of the top riders, I mean, the top 100 riders. I mean, the, you can learn something off every one of them, and they're all, they'll all tell you, and they'll all help you, and you know. So, yeah. You can't really find that in many other sports or many other kind of competition i feel like no i agree i agree totally i mean it's it's a that's what i think's cool about karting is it's you know you help everybody win and you want to if you beat them you want to beat them like hey everybody helped me and i helped everybody and you know it's a fair like you know because i mean there's lots of times you might be your favorite cow and you'll give it to your friend and you know or your buddy whoever you're helping and it might suck or it might be the best cow, you know. So, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty unique, you know. So what's your favorite place to show? For sure, Fort Worth. Or if if I couldn't show in Fort Worth, it'd be Vegas. I love both those places. Chromed Out Cat also loved Vegas quite a bit too, didn't she? <laughs> yeah, no, she did. She, uh, she did good up there. She liked that arena a lot. So when you're at a show, say we're at the BI or somewhere not Fort Worth, what do you send in Wilbur or who, what's Madison or somebody bringing you for lunch or Beck or your lovely wife, Beck? Uh, I just hope they're bringing me something to be honest, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes I kind of, uh, go without a little bit. No, I don't care. I mean, I'll eat anything. Anything. Is there anything you won't eat? Well, I don't know. Bring me something. I'll tell you if I like it or not. <laughs> so when you're up there, can you bring me lunch? And I'll tell you. Hey, anytime, huh? Spud. I'm a phone call away. I'll bring you lunch anytime. Anytime. So what's yeah. your favorite restaurant in Fort Worth? Uh, in Fort Worth. Um, to be honest, I probably like Eddie V's a lot. You know, I, I really do. I'm an Eddie V's kind of guy. Right there by the Coliseum and 
So you mentioned moving in the day after the show ended and you talked about kind of going from helping Madison. Did you have a day or a time in the show when you were kind of like, Hey, I need to shift my mindset to cow horse or was there a time when you were just figuring nah, like, hey, not, it's time to not, get ready for not this? Not really because, um, you know, it was, it was pretty good because, uh, you know, I had a lot of spare time and, you know, it kind of, just the schedule. Yeah, just, it, 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 yeah. You know, you could go out there between sets and blow pulses around and kind of do that. And, you know, the days that I couldn't, I'd cut on them just like they were normal cutters, you know, at the house and stuff. So, yeah. You're fixing to be inducted into the Hall of Fame at the convention this year. Talk to us about that and what that accomplishment means as yeah. an open rider. <clears throat> no, uh, thanks, Code. But, uh, no, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, like, when you come over here, you think, like, yeah, I want to win a million dollars, and then you do, you're like, man, that's a, that's pretty cool. I wish I had a lot more of it left over. Huh? <laughs> now you want to win, too? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's one of the horses, maybe back in the day before the general public knew about you or anything like that, what's one of those horses that you feel slingshotted your career? So it's, it's funny because, like, I always like the – Probably the second horse I ever trained was probably the best horse I've ever trained in my life. His name was So Sweet Santana. And, um, shit, I was, I was a kid and, um, I didn't know what I was doing, but this horse kind of taught me everything, you know, and I, I owned half of him and, um, I couldn't afford to keep him, you know, so I sold half and the guy, and, uh, Dylan Crumpler, he actually owned the other half of him and um so they kept him and then we sold him I, as long as i got to show him at the futurity and i sold him there at the futurity and jill peacock bought him and then it's funny because i ended up getting him back when he was like six but that horse probably he taught me a lot um you know just because it was from the start and and i mean then there was jojo boone taught me a lot dylan katsmarada taught me a lot like I honestly feel every year them horses teach you, like, you know, like I totally, to me, I totally change every year after a set of horses, you know. I, I probably honestly don't feel like like that horse was probably the most trained horse I've ever had, and I didn't know what I was doing, you know. <laughs> That's probably why. Yeah, exactly. You, I think I make just it practiced more everything, yeah. you know. So, yeah, you're the head trainer over at the Beach Fork Ranch, Kelly and Madison Crum recently just purchased part of highbrow cat um tell us a little bit about that and kind of complimenting their great band of brood mares that that they've kind of assembled over there at the beach fork yeah so what a cool deal um you know i've got along really good with highbrow cats and and it just actually come up that we could could purchase half of him and and with darren and and all that and i mean that start he you know you don't even need to talk about him i mean it he's done everything you know he's a legend he is i mean you know and and i i honestly get along really good with his foals and you know like i mean a lot of people on it probably don't like the fillies as much as the colts and and i've had better luck with the fillies to be honest i mean but uh yeah i mean if it's a sire that you love and you get to do that it's yeah, I'm pretty... Dream pretty come true. Yeah, exactly. Pretty yeah. lucky, really. Candy Cat, 
full sister to Highbrow CD, yep. correct? Um, you made the finals on her at the Super Stakes. What's she been like to ride and train? Yeah, that man. <clears throat> um, I really like that man. She probably, she honestly, she feels way cooler than what you actually think when you watch a show. Like, she's super smart. You know, she's just real careful about it. Um, I mean, physical, but she probably just... Like, when you look at her from a judge's point of view, she may not have the wow factor. I mean, I've done good on her and marked good on her and stuff, and, and like, I really, really like that mare a lot, you know. But, I, you know, I think she's just kind of a little sleeper, you know what I mean? She kind of just fits in there sometimes, you know. She just makes it look pretty easy and, you know. But, yeah, she's she's good. I, I mean, I think... Uh, we're gonna get some good foals out. I like that that pedigree there, you know, having the the mother like that that you know that she's got, and I think that breeds on a lot, you know. You got any hobbies away from riding horses? Yeah, cow horses. That's about it. Dude. <laughs> I, I guess mean, a ton, ton of work to train those cow horses. No, it is. Um, it is, but I really don't have any hobbies, you know. I mean, I, I, because, and I tell you what, like, so if I do something, I usually go all out. Like, if I'm going to play golf, I'm going to go all out. Like, you want to be the best. Yeah, you know, I do, like, I mean, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to go all out until I figure it out, and, you know, so that's kind of why I don't really do a lot of other stuff, you know. So, with the BI coming up, what are your plans for scheduling kind of keeping your cow horse shows going and what, what's your next cow horse show that you're going to try and hit uh, i really don't know mate don't know um so like play it by ear yeah exactly i mean to it the cutting's the important thing for me you know like i said that's that's my hobby it really is i mean i'm going to do the the snaffle bit futurity and then whether i do fort worth pre futurity or vegas um, i'm not sure kind of see what the schedule kind of is going to work best for um but you know now it's kind of full swing getting ready for the bi um kind of bring them show horses back in and you know spud uh you're you're well known for the the way you train a horse and and, uh how your horses look on a cow what on a day-to-day basis uh either going from one horse to another what what are you kind of thinking at home before you get on a, either a certain horse or you have the same kind of mindset going in working your horses? Yeah, um, you know, usually the same kind of mindset, really, mate. Um, you know, me and Don Ben Wallace were actually talking about it yesterday, um, and and it's just kind of like building on everything and and. I'll try and remember a lot from the day before and and stuff like that on what that horse needs when I work it. Um, You know, like, you kind of, you want to just keep everything smooth and and build on that, you know. Um, So, yeah, that's that's what I think anyway. Like, I don't really like, like, yeah, some horses I'll, I'll be like, hey, this horse needs to be better at this or that, so I'll really work on that, um, you know, and I'll use a lot of different bridles. I'll change my spurs sometimes on every horse, you know. 
And then yep. sometimes I won't, you know. There'll be the same Spurs on for a week, you know, or two weeks or whatever. But but I, I really try to feel feel them horses, feel what they need. Like, you know, if they need riding outside, I'll go trot them outside, trot them around trees, you know, spend a lot of time on horses is what I usually do. What about uh, Phil? When, what... At what age, or did you kind of always have that feel, or or what age was it when you were kind of started to understand uh, the meaning behind feel on a cutting horse? Well, it's funny you say that because it's a it's a it's a thing that I think um, you know. Each year, when I say I totally change it, like the guy that I work for, Graham. I'll call him at the end of the the year and I'll be like, hey, now I kind of understand what, well, I think I understand what you mean about this or mean about that. So, like, feel, I think, is, is one of them things, like, you never can teach. It, it. You develop it and after, like, so many times, you know, years and years and years of it, you know, that's that's when I think you kind of... Um, uh kind of get comfortable with it you know what i mean and it and it's yep. and it, when i say comfortable that's what it is it, it's a feel of like you know it it's a feel of comfort being the head trainer at beach fork ranch and helping madison get shown and and whatnot what is how did you feel about the schedule this year at the super stakes like honestly mate i tell you what I, it was it was so good i i really did i loved it um and and the part that i really liked about it lots of reasons but like that open i mean when it got done every time i walked down there it was like you had to knock them down and drag them out i mean it was like you had to stay focused and you were you know and and then you really push yourself push yourself push yourself because everybody else is well then the non-pro come around and i kind of you know it's time to back off and it and it makes it easier for Madison, it makes it easier for me, you know, rather than like the old schedule where to start with you got the open so it's gonna be good. Then you get done with that and then you back off and then you like all of a sudden like, Oh man, now I've gotta work four year olds, get them ready, you know, and then you gotta pick it up again and all that. Which it's the same for every everyone, but I really feel to me this was the fairest cutting that you could run. You know, it was fair for every person that walked down there. You know, because they, their horses, they could have them prepared for themselves. They could have them prepared for their customers. You know, I thought it was the, the fairest way you could run it, just like we do it at every other cutting, you know. Mm-hmm. So you, you talk about the Futurity Finals is kind of what you make your end-all, be-all goal every year. What's what's it about the fraternity that makes you just want to win it or be in the finals every year? It's the prestige one, you know. It's the one that 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 means the most, you know. It's the one that pays the most. It's a, you know, it's. To, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. All any any time you win an event is really good, but you know, to me, that's that's winning it, you know. I mean, when when you watch the, when you, uh, like when you watch the, the gold when they did the champions of champions, there was not a winner there that didn't deserve to be there, you know. And if you were one of them guys that won it, 
That's pretty cool. It's a huge. Yeah, huge, it's huge deal. Yeah. What about Spud showing in the finals when there's a lot of people in there, uh, and you know a lot of people are watching at the fraternity finals? What when you're dry working before you go in there, or when you're crossing the line? Are you? Is there anything specific you're trying to tell yourself, or are you kind of just worried about what cow you're needing to get cut? Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's that's probably um, the the best thing to to not let your mind get away like you know if i walk down there i never look up you know you never want to see anyone in there you, you you know because i mean you're comfortable showing in there because you're showing there so much but you've got to kind of keep that same feel you know like when you're down there pulling your horse around you just kind of like pulling it around going through the motions like you want simulate every work the same not let that horse know that it's this big a deal and you know so i'm i'm thinking about cows watching cows stuff like that you know yes sir what are you thinking when you go down there well you know i haven't been down there as much as you have but i am being as positive as i can be about the situation and I damn sure think I'm the best person in the building at that moment. Well, that is a great answer. Can I change mine to that? <laughs> yes, Bud. You were a two-time finalist at the 2019 Kit Kat Sugar NCHA Super Stakes. You and Clint took time to come by the live show, chirped us a little bit on air. Yeah, you hit up Waffle House anytime soon? Well, yeah, we needed to after we didn't do very good in the finals. Huh? Probably, we weren't going to Eddie B's. It's probably because- it's probably because of y'all teasing us during the live show. If you wouldn't have teased us so hard, you probably would have done a little better. You think that's what the problem was? Huh? A little karma, a little a little karma came on you. Yeah, don't worry. I'll take karma again. Huh? Yeah, that was fun. What did you think about the live show and kind of doing a pregame show before a finals? And- oh, it's cool. I mean, it's cool. But, like, so, I mean, that's that's – kind of how I, I want to be I, I kind of want to be relaxed I mean when I work at home before a finals it's going to be pretty amped up and then I've got to let down and you know so it's, I mean that's that's how I'm kind of going to be I like joking around you know I like having fun I know that better than just about anybody yeah don't I? <laughs> no, you do so being the head trainer at Beach Fork and then being involved with the cow horses and the cutting horses um, what's something that you see that the cutting can do to uh, help the sport grow? Do you, they like, do. do you like Bo's idea about adding the cut or like the cup deal? Yeah, I mean, like so, <clears throat> exactly. Like I do. I like Bo's idea a lot. What what he said. Um, I mean, I I think what the cow horse does. You know, like the cutting used to be like the cow horse. When I come over here, the cutting was cool i mean it was it, the event to it be was at. it was it i mean it was packed it was and and i mean we still have the same thing but we've got to fill them seats you know we've got to and i think we need to look after sponsors better i think like the cow horse you know they ride for someone they're they're part of it the sponsors are part of it like in our deal like the sponsors are just a banner on the wall you know i mean they have saddle pads and you know well the 
whatever they call them that go over the top of the saddle pads. You, you know what they call them? What do they call them? They're like those little banner those, deals. Yeah. I know what you're talking yeah, about. They the, have the, a name, but they're I honestly yeah. like ribbon-looking <laughs> things. Silk, yeah. silks are the, I mean, just yeah. the silks, silks over the yep. pads. Yeah, I mean, just like little things like that to where the sponsors are actually part of it, you know? I mean, and then, the, you know, the whole... I mean, the the hardest part about Fort Worth and, and the cow horse deal kind of has the same problem is when it's over, everyone's going to leave, you know, because everyone's going to go home, you know. But, you know, if we could figure out a way to keep everyone there or something or, you know, I think what the cutting did last year was cool. That was awesome. The presentation, the presentation night yeah, you know, the, the fraternity finals, finals party. Yeah, and, like yeah. that was cool and appeased to the spectators a little bit more. I yeah, mean, exactly. We all you know, know how long it can get. You know, settling cows and waiting and stuff. But if we have things for them to do, do and you know, I mean, there's lots of things that I I think could could happen and you know, um, do it and you know and and the thing that I think is is there's so many cuttings, you yeah. know, where them guys they kind of have you know not as many so everyone goes to them and you know um i mean i think we have a great sport i just uh think there's some things that we could tweak a little bit tweak a little bit you know and and do it and i'm um i mean this you know i think we need to invite a lot of people to you know like like they have that battle in the saddle why couldn't we do something like that Mm -hmm. to where we invite some people and you know, That'd like, be hey, awesome. hey, come, come show, you know, like get them great guys, get them raining guys, get, you know, hey, come get on. Some of the rodeo guys. Yeah, get them. You know, Ryan Motes, get down there, you know, Wade Sundell, J.B. Mooney, yeah, you know. Absolutely. Get get some of them guys, you know. I mean, we know everyone. That would be really yeah. cool. Yeah, that would I mean, be really cool. I, I think, but we just got to promote ourselves, you know. Like, we do have a celebrity cutting, but i like to see us get some, you know, people. Celebrities. That we, yeah, that you would want to go there and watch show, you know. Mm-hmm. We have some. I mean, there are some. We just need to get need them, to be get more. them there. Yeah. yeah. Need to be more. You know, I mean, we can promote it ourselves, you know. Like, like you guys. You guys are promoting it. Trying. No, yeah. It's wicked, you know. Thanks, Bud. Well, Spoto, thanks so much for taking the time coming over and joining us for the Section K podcast. We appreciate it, and congratulations on qualifying for the 2020 World's Greatest Horseman. So, thanks again, man. Good luck at the BI coming up. Good luck to you and Madison. Thanks, Bud. Yeah, thanks, Bud, and congrats on the Hall of Fame. Yep, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You've always been a Hall of Famer in my book. Before we go today, I wanted to talk to you about one of our sponsors, one of those people that helps keep the lights on here at Section K. Speaking of lights, that one's flickering right there. Guess we better talk to Joe. Are you looking for your next ranch? Well, look no further than Joe Borhan. Joe Borhan has been involved with cutting for over 25 years, and whether it's owning, training, or hauling all over the country, you name it, Joe's done it. And if you're looking for a small little ranch with a barn and a house, talk to Joe. If you're looking for some more acreage with a full-blown training operation, talk to Joe. Living in the North Texas area for over 25 years, 
has given Joe a vast knowledge of the country, which will help him find the best spot to fit you. But Joe isn't just your run-of-the-mill farm and ranch realtor. He will also help you find a house in town or even help you find some investment property. So if you're looking for a second ranch while you're in Fort Worth at the Cutting, or you're looking for your next forever home, you guessed it, talk to Joe. You can find Joe on Facebook and Instagram. That's Joe, J-O-E, Borhon, B-O-R-J-O-N, Realtor. And when you talk to Joe, tell him the guys at Section K sent you. Once again, big thanks to Spud Sheehan for taking time out of his day to come over and sit down with the boys of the Section K podcast. We cannot thank him enough. Really cool to see someone like Spud excelling in both the cutting pin and the cow horse pin. He's kind of burst on scene recently here at the Wild Rag Classic, qualifying for the world's greatest horseman. So it was cool to see that. Can't thank him enough. If you've made it this far, through the Section K podcast, be sure to head over to our Facebook page and comment your favorite place to show away from Fort Worth, Texas. Our favorite answer will receive some sort of awesome, sweet prize from Section K. Probably some sort of cool merch. Nothing guaranteed quite yet. But uh, yeah, thanks for looking out. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Be sure and follow us along. Facebook, Section K podcast on Instagram at Section K podcast. And Big thanks to Colin Clancy, sent us an email thanking us for putting out all this content and just being a voice for Australia. Colin's from Australia and just wanted to thank us and tell us how much everyone across the pond has been enjoying the Section K podcast and enjoying keeping up with the NCHA happenings over here in the state. So big thanks to Colin Clancy. Shout out Colin and shout out everyone over in Australia that's been tuning in week in and week out. We cannot thank you guys enough, and we look forward to hopefully bringing you some updates from the Australian fraternity that's taking place here in a couple weeks over in Australia. So we'll be looking forward to talking to uh, Colin a little bit about some of that. We also wanted to thank each and every one of you that shared the Bex post, and congratulations to Kaylin Hayes. Uh, She won the Bex drawing for the glasses. Super fan. So we appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you guys sharing. That's how uh, we can grow the podcast and we can keep getting cutting out there. So we appreciate everybody's shares and likes and we'll uh, be talking to you guys later. One love. See y'all next week. Adios. We'll see you guys down the road. Bye.